Breaker 1-9, Nick Saban has tested positive for the coronavirus. Also Greg Byrne, but Nick Saban has tested positive for the coronavirus. So I guess we need to address that a little bit. You know, given what we see in Tuscaloosa, I wonder if this is a wake-up call, if the most famous man in Alabama can catch the coronavirus, even while wearing a mask from someone who didn't, maybe everybody else will. You got a take on that, Mets? Here's the thing. I mean, not to not to bring elitism into this elitist podcast, but my family gives a small amount to the university. And when you do that, they mail you two masks now. They're sending everybody two masks. I would rather them keep the masks and build a bubble. Why didn't we have Nick Saban in a bubble, Gregory? That's a fair question, a fair question. A Pope Mobile, but for Nick Saban, a Saban Mobile. And you know who you know who drives the Pope Mobile for Saban, right? No. That job has Butch Jones written all over it. Such a true statement. But the other question I have is, look, I've thought all along that college football this year was a horrible idea. I get why they did it, but I still thought it was a horrible idea. And I think I'm being proven right. People are dropping like flies from the coronavirus, not so much dying of it, but they have it. And, you know, I'd rather not have it than have it. So was I right or was I wrong? That qualifies as an I told us so. Uh huh. That's what I'm saying. Bloom, despair, and agony only. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Bloom, despair, and agony only. And put your fours up because this is week four edition of Houndstooth Heroes, the podcast. We are produced by Ian Petty. He keeps us in line and sounding good. As always, we're proud to be sponsored by the Druid City Brewing Company. We're here to talk Tide, last week's Ole Miss, if you want to call it that, and the upcoming fracas with the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm Greg Dawkins, and this is typically where I ask my co-host, Ellis Metz, what he's drinking. But first, given last week's social media activity, I need to know, Metz, what are you wearing? Oh, Gregory, I'm happy to say that I'm fully clothed again in some warm sweatpants this evening. Uh, as you'll recall, your boy promised to drop a nude on the Twitter account if Alabama scored 57 points last week. That was in response to your score prediction, which proved pretty accurate. Uh, it goes without saying you had a better idea of who the Ole Miss defense was than I did. I did not think that number was in range. So there I was happily sitting on the couch because there were something like 70 seconds left in the game. Alabama sitting comfortably at 56 points. The offense just needed five yards. It was third and five. First down ends the game. There's no way I'm going to have to follow on this very dumb thing that I had promised. And then they go to Najee Harris. Najee Harris going to the end zone for the fifth time tonight. A touchdown and a PAT put the team total at 63. And I immediately got on phone with our attorneys there to figure out if what I had said was contractually binding. Turns out it was. So uh, after a few push-ups, we got the picture that uh, was then posted onto the TL. Gregory, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, Let's just move on from that American tragedy. What Mm -hmm. is in your cup tonight, pal? 
You know, it's been several things over the course of the last two hours in which I received the news about Nick Saban's health uh, and also the Greg Byrne health. That one concerns. I don't know why, but that one that one hit me hard. Very upset to hear that. Uh, I learned that uh, shortly thereafter, the Braves gave up the most first inning runs in postseason history. Eleven, in case you are counting at home. And then I got a parking ticket. So it's it's been several things in my cup tonight, but currently on a disc insider to coast into comatose later. How about yourself? I have moved on from the single barrel because what I have realized is that I, because of last week, I plan on drinking straight through until Saturday evening when the game is over. So I didn't think that was economically feasible. So now I'm on the bullet and I will be on the bullet till at some point during Saturday because that was easily the worst defensive performance your boys have ever seen from a team in Crimson. Alabama allowed 647 total yards. They allowed the Rebels to go 9 of 17 in third downs, 4 of 4 in fourth downs, and the most points by an unranked team against Alabama in the AP era. Yeah, I'll put it this way, Gregory. Our defense was so bad, Drew Brees could have scored on us. Am I right? I'm so sorry. I'm so Why are you sorry. like this? Why do I even do this? I'm auditioning our new podcast partner. Anyone who'd like to join me up, anybody, anyone at all. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was a dumpster fire atop the Titanic. So I guess the question is, where do we go from here, pal? I, we have to start by firing Pete Golden, Gregory. I know there are people who are smarter than me who laugh at all of us dummies for thinking that we should make a coordinator change midseason, but we've seen enough. Golding should have gone last year. He received far too many benefits of so many doubts. And, you know, if we had better personnel on the sideline, they'd be out there. I think we have great athletes out there, some of the best athletes in the nation, in fact, but instead they all look totally lost. They lack any confidence in what they're doing. And I think it all starts at the top with Pete Golding. Uh, it, it was, I will say, interesting to watch so many former Alabama players chiming in during the game, defensive players uh, specifically. I think it was Dante Hightower. I may be wrong, but he, he made a point of saying that even if the coaches aren't getting the calls in from the sideline, the players need to know their assignments. But Gregory, why aren't the coaches getting the calls in from the sideline? All of it. All of it was coaching related. I don't understand why this living, breathing bag of old musty mushrooms is still on our coaching staff. He's not going to fire him because that's what he does. He doesn't fire people. He finds them new jobs. So, you know, I, I, I by the way, I heard through Facebook. So take that for what it's worth. You know, the Facebook moms have reported that Dan Quinn of Atlanta Falcons fame was seen in Tuscaloosa. So we may have a new, um, coaching project on our hands. I, you know, like I said, he's not going to fire him in the middle of the season. So we're going to stick this one out and it's going to suck. But anyway, that's, that's where we are. One thing is all this golding talk does remind me. I know our listener, Fred, Hey Fred, Hey Fred has been requesting something of a redux, a return of an old friend, if you will. And we're here. Happy to oblige. Welcome back to our ask a hero segment. You send in your burning questions and some of those questions are best suited for medical professionals, but we're going to try our best to answer. Our first question comes from leak listener Jacob, all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Is Pete Golding a pre or post Lily White Sessions Dave Matthews fan? 
brother, I could not know less about what we're talking about. Okay, in fact, I do because I'm old. Pete Golding, in fact, is a post Lily White because he is awful like DMB after Lily White. Ooh, Listener nice. Fraser Lee wants to know what was Golding's punishment for his performance last week? I, I mean, what what is the worst thing that a DMB fan can experience? Does he Posting listen news to on a podcast? Hey, all right, all right. And lastly, listener Esther has asked, is Georgia preparing for Bryce Young? You know, if Matt catches COVID, I sure as hell hope not. (laughs) But here's the deal. Why would we sub out the only bright spot on our team? So, of course, they're preparing for Bryce Young, because if there's a stupid thing to do, we will do that thing. That is very true. And I I want to talk about that, Gregory. We're going to get there. But first, hey, I'm going to take this moment to transition into the listener's favorite segment, waddling to the New York Downtown Athletic Club. Waddle, baby, waddle. Thank you. Thank you. But Gregory, I am sorry to say that our waddle took a bit of a waggle this week. Uh, A rather ho-hum stat line for Jalen Waddell, Heisman favorite Jalen Waddell. (laughs) Six targets, six catches, 120 yards, all fine, but zero TDs. And he seemed to be Mac Jones's third choice all night. There was a noticeable new connection with Devontae Smith, who actually doubled up Waddell and John Mechie uh, in targets and receptions. Devontae had, in case you're wondering... 164 yards on the night, 13 catches, and one beautiful TD. Um, Despite not relying nearly enough IMO on future Heisman winner Jalen Waddell, let's talk about Mac Jones because he did show out. Ooh, there's a callback. Uh Uh-huh. Who showed showed out? Uh, All right. Thank you. Listener Fred loves it. Uh, (laughs) Mac, Mac Jones ended up 28 of 32 on the night. I mean, some of these numbers, by the way, are just ungodly that you can put up against an old Miss defense. It's hilarious. It's absurd. Yeah. Uh, Mac was 28-32, 417 yards, two touchdowns. And Gregory, by the end of the night, I kind of felt the need to apologize, I have to say. Not only for the nude. The nude, you know, deserves its own <laughs> apology, <laughs> its own press release I'll put out later. But I will say, you know, once or twice I've had – what someone might call a bad take on this podcast. It's happened once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's time to own up here on my previous judgments about Mac Jones. Uh, there was a moment on Saturday night's game where Brad Nessler said, you know, Mac Jones is proving that he is a playmaker as opposed to a game manager. And I thought Nessler was right. I think Mac was making plays, was was finding receivers when, you know, I mean, sure, you and I would be open against Ole Miss here and there, mm-hmm. but I thought Mac was putting the ball right where they needed it. I, I was really impressed, I will say, for the first time all year, and again, it's an Ole Miss defense. So why don't I ask you, Gary, what did you see from Mac on Saturday night? And of course, my favorite question, where would you rate his performance on a scale of 1 to 10? 14. <laughs> oh, We all thought he was going to be a placeholder between Tua and Bryce. But as it turns out, as you said, he's a playmaker, not a game manager. And frankly, it is high time private school kids like me got a break. But he's (laughs) from both schools, you didn't know, in in Jacksonville. Uh, Chipper Jones, yeah. Like we mentioned last week, this week is his test. 
Uh, Georgia rotates his front seven and blows up plays in the backfield. But Mac has taken only two sacks all year. But he made the big time throws, but it was against the worst defense in America last week. Georgia has only allowed seven passes over 20 yards this year. And frankly, you know, Waddle last week had six passes, averaging 20 yards last week. So this is the test. He's checked all the boxes, but this week will tell the tale. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And one quick detour into my own dreamland. Uh, Last night, I had a dream that I was hanging out with the two most important and influential figures in Alabama, Nick Saban and Doug Jones, y'all. Senator Doug Jones. Vote Doug Jones. I'm Doug Jones, and I approve this message. That's right. Thank you. I was talking to Coach Saban about a two-quarterback system, which I have have many takes on. And I said to him, I said to him, Coach, it seems like you have long avoided ever using a two-quarterback system. And he said, that's true up until this year. And I will say that in dreamland, Bryce Young was already the starter and Mac Jones had somehow earned his way to become starter number two. But I'm just putting it out there. Your boys having visions of a two QB system. Well, before we get to the, the, the other matter at hand in this podcast, I have to know, did Saban call you Sparky? No. Should he have? Probably. Nah, that's offensive. All right, all right. <laughs> anyway, let's turn our attention to the game at hand, y'all. Uh, I think it's a 6.30 kickoff, Gregory? It's a 7 o'clock kickoff. Oof. We were all, because LSU and Florida got canceled, so we kind of wondered if they're going to bump us up into the 2.30 time slot. But actually, it wasn't a 2.30. It was a 3 o'clock game. So I, I honestly don't know. So right now we're playing it by ear. We assume that this game is in Bryant-Denny at 7 o'clock uh, Crimson Standard Time on Saturday night. Boy, your your boy is going to have a hard time telling the time. I know, right? <laughs> by kickoff. All right. Well, at some point. Hold on. It's quarter zip weather. Oh. It is. Oh. It is. It is fall in the Southland, my friend. Even yeah, in Rubio, yeah, Alabama, I'm, where it's never fall. It's finally fall. I'm still, I think from the very beginnings of quarantine, I think I'm still in protest of hard pants. So I'll probably right. have on joggers, a nice quarter zip, and somewhere underneath there, my Koneka sausage polo. Koneka sausage, that was that was a storyline last week. I don't need to hear about your sausage. But you're all about the joggers. You're a jogger man. I am a hardcore jogger man. I've also moved into like straight tennis shoes. Really? I don't know what I've become. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't wear a leather shoe or, or at least a brown leather shoe. Can't oh. wear hard pants. It's I've got like baby skin over here. Wasn't made for this. Strange things to a man. All right. Move That's on. True. We haven't hold on, hold on. We haven't talked about game day unis, et cetera. You got anything going on? Okay, yeah, I've been rocking the same. And unfortunately, they went out of business. R.I.P. Taylor Harvell from uh G. Yeah, Harvell yeah. in Mobile hooked me up with a sweet old school, the elephant stepping through the A logo, striped Alabama polo. And I've rocked that every week with, you know, your basic khaki short. So that's been my my go-to get up for the past three weeks. And I'm going to stick with that get up until it lets me down. So I'll probably, you know, I'll probably, frankly, probably in the nude next week. I don't know because yeah, that's been with us now. Very aroused. Right. As well, you should be. Yeah, it seems like I I will speak for myself, but I'm also going to speak for at least 50% of Tide Nation. It just felt like half of us realized about 
three quarters away through the first half against Ole Miss. It was like, oh, we didn't put on our lucky shirts. So I got up and changed, and I suspect everyone else did too. Well, that's the thing. I did not because I was at a friend's house and it would have been awkward. But listener Esther, who we talked about, she proclaimed, by God, if you have not changed at this point, I don't even want to know you anymore. And she was right, but yet – the only thing I had to change into was just me sitting around without a shirt on. So I decided to spare my uh, company the agony of that and stuck with the shirt and it worked out. So I'm going to, I'm going to hang with him until my boy lets me down. Yeah, just when I thought I couldn't be more aroused, Gregory. All right. Speaking of arousal at some point Saturday, maybe in Bryant Denny stadium, your undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide will take on an undefeated Georgia says here, bulldogs. Uh, at Gregory, this game is not lacking for storylines, particularly among the opposing coaching staffs. And that is the stuff that I inject straight into my veins. So, Gregory, before I have to ask again, hit me with the storylines. All right. These are even going to be sexier than your heroin addiction. Obviously, the Bulldogs are led by Kirby Smart, another former addiction of our dear Saban, who currently has the coronavirus. Uh, but he is looking to go 22-0 and 0 against such former assistants. There is no love lost between these two for many reasons, whether that's because Kirby left like a petulant child and tried to steal a recruits, or because he has a bowl cut, and we have beaten him hilariously like a drum in each meeting since. The Bulldogs, however, have the special teams unit, that is now led by Scott Cochran of Torn ACL fame, who, as you will recall, once educated Thai football players about why Georgia folks wear black. He actually was asked about this in a recent press conference and in effect said that none of the current players remember it, so it doesn't even matter. But the Internet does not forget, Scotty. So anyway, thank you. plenty of good storylines. But what can you tell me about these Bulldogs on the field, Mr. Matz? Well, listeners of this podcast may remember one of your boys calling this UGA defense the best in the country. And although I am eternally inclined to disagree with you, Gregory, (laughs) you you may have hit this nail on the head. Uh, Last week, they held a surging ball, a surging ball to 21 points. And a few of those points were fluky even. They all came in the first half. Uh, In the second half, Ugga forced three turnovers, including a scoop and score strip sack. Looked like a different team. And uh, yeah, Alabama O-line, we looking at you. I stand by my position. That's the best defense in the country. They were one of the best defenses in the country last year. They got pretty much everybody that matters back. And they are, you know, I, I don't have stats because... Look, I can barely read numbers. I don't know what they are. Uh, but apparently they're very good again this year. And here's the deal with Georgia's defense. In this era of COVID, everybody's defense is getting exposed. Offenses are kind of coming together a lot quicker than defenses are, as you saw from us last week. And yet Georgia's defense is still doing what they did last year. So I stand by my position. This is the best defense in the country, and we're going to have to have a special night to beat them. Is that a Todd Grantham defense? No, Todd Grantham was Florida, who is currently who just got fired. In fact, I don't know who their DC is. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, well, we're a football podcast, right? All right. Uh, next up, what we know about Georgia is they have a former walk-on quarterback by the name of Stetson Bennett the Fourth. He's a Stetson man is as appropriate a name for a Georgia quarterback as your boys have ever heard. 
And Stetson Bennett, the fourth, just keeps winning uh, against Jeremy Pruitt's defense last week. He completed 16 of 27 passes, 228 yards, two touchdowns at his classic. Uh, maybe a little light on the uh, on the completion percentage, but that is like an A.J. McCarron stat line. 228, two touchdowns. Uh, he still hasn't thrown an interception. And, you know, now with my apologies to Mac out of the way, Bennett strikes me as the prototypical game manager. He is, but let me let me tell you why I like Stetson Bennett the fourth. In addition to being able to say Stetson Bennett the fourth line, he's a Stetson man. He also was on the sideline and just popped a handful of red man in his mouth on the sideline in the middle of the game. You gotta like that guy. Hell. I mean, it's not like it was a dip. It was just full on, just a wad of chewing tobacco. He just threw into his body. During a game. Right. I, I know you have, but can we just talk about, I mean, that is just leaves and sticks. Yeah, it's nasty, but I like anybody who does nasty things. <laughs> That's a great point. All right. So there's that. By the way, quick, uh, quick addendum here. Dan Lanning, defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. Yes. Well, um, you know, if we can hire him, that'd be fantastic because we need one. Yeah, I take it. Uh, and then lastly, what we know about the Georgia Bulldogs, they have a kicker. I have a kicker by the name of Jack Pudlesny, Pudlesny. And if I'm being honest, that name, I thought he already played linebacker for our beloved Pitt Panthers. Oh. Uh, instead, hey, hey, go pants. Stop <laughs> with that. I thought we talked about that. No more pants. <laughs> well, we did. We did. Well, listen, after the game last week, there were no more pants. Uh, uh-huh. Instead, turns out this Jack Pudlesny. interviewing for a new podcast host. Anyone at all. Ooh. You know that would break my heart. Uh, this Jack Pondlesny is a walk-on from St. Simon's Island. Love this kid. He banged a go-ahead 51-yard field goal last week, a kick longer than anything Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, a beloved hot rod, kicked all of last season, Gregory. By the way, I am a hot rod hater. Just FYI. Oh, no. In every, situ- in every situation that mattered, Hot Rod missed the kick, yet he became a cult hero at Georgia because he wear a, wore a pair of stupid glasses. Anyway, this game is the unstoppable force against the immovable object. Everything we do extraordinarily well. I've looked at the stats. You know, Obviously, I can't repeat them here because they're numbers, and I don't know how. We're top five in a lot of things. Those same things, they are top five in defending. So we are, but alternatively, we're trash on defense. Unfortunately, they aren't an offensive juggernaut. So I don't really know. The one bright spot to me is that we have been able to stop mediocre offenses. And that's kind of what I've seen out of Georgia this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair take. And I let me just ask, I'll ask the question, is our defense better this week? And if so, how and why? Yes. Lane Kiffin has been gunning for this, has been ready for this mm-hmm. game since he took that job. Look, say what you will about Lane Kiffin, and I will say lots of things about Lane Kiffin, including I love you, but say what you will, he is an offensive mastermind. Uh, and it'd give him that much time to have this game circled, you knew he was going to do something special. And he did. But like I said, A&M is a good offensive team. They're not great, but they're good. And we largely shut them down. So I I don't know that Georgia's offense is a whole hell of a lot better than A&M's. Their defense is a whole hell of a lot better than A&M's, and that's the issue. But offensively, you know, I don't think we're going to shut them down like we did did A&M, but 
I don't see them. They're not, you know, you're not going to have to get buck naked again this week. They're not going to be scoring in the fifties. If they get to 30, I'll be surprised. Well, that is a comfort for one of us, I guess. I don't know which one. Um, do, do we give any credence, by the way, to this whole sort of gossip about lane stealing signs? That, that happens at every game. They set, I mean, everybody wanted to make something about that, but people steal signs in literally every college football game. Um, and I don't think, you know, folks want to like elevate thing, every, anything Nick Saban says into this giant, you know, conspiracy i don't think he meant it as a conspiracy but that yes they probably did and we're gonna need i think one i think dylan moses said yeah they probably got our signs we need to make some changes um i don't think the players or the coaches meant it and some like oh shit what are we gonna do they're still they're still our signs and we're gonna contact the ncaa i think they meant it as they were stealing our signs and we gotta do better because that is part of this game it happens in every game particularly when you've got a coach who was on your sideline a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you there. It didn't seem like a story, but. But well, I mean, look, anything he says that is, I mean, it's why he is noncommittal on every issue because if he takes a position and gets blown out of proportion. So why bother? Well, he took a position on this COVID thing. Am I right? Right. Ain't that the truth? All right. All right. Surely to goodness, that's enough actual football talk from us. So let's get to the one thing we know even less about. All righty. You know, who doesn't love losing all their money? Because, you know, God knows I do. Tune in every week as we help you do just that. We're going to take a look at the SEC slate of action and tell you who we hate. Who we hate. You know, the bourbon is talking again. I can't help it. Uh, We're going to tell you who we hate, and that is definitely the team you should put your money behind because we are awful at this. This year has been awful so far, and there are no signs of improvement. Let's get to it. We're going to start with South Carolina traveling to the barn where the barn is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way because this is my hate of the week. Hate of the week of the week of the week. Thank you. I hate a cock like you wouldn't believe in this case. Um, Auburn is coming off an Auburn Jesus win. We're going to get to that later. South Carolina, um, they're just trash, man. Uh, I don't, you know, they looked better than we, they should have last week for a while. But I think Auburn at home, you know how they are, um, is going to cover. You know, they're, they're not going to blow out Carolina because they're not that good. But they're going to cover the three and a half. What's your take? Who do you hate? Man, I'm so mad at this at this cock. Frankly, I fucking okay, sorry, um, <laughs> must champs team. I've been betting against Vandy all season. They've made me look very dumb. And the one week where I decide maybe Vandy's got a shot, uh, must champ comes in and hangs a forty spot, wins by thirty. I think who knows? You math. seriously bet on the poetry majors? I've made I've made worse decisions in the past week. Right? Oh, oh, well, you've made worse decisions in the past two days. But yeah, that's fair. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm I don't know. I I guess I'm with you here. I'm not ready to call it my hate of the week. But it seems like losing to Georgia and then this Auburn Jesus action. Auburn is picking up Auburn momentum in the only way Auburn can, and so. I think they win close. Maybe they score a touchdown at the end of the game to go up by six. I will hate a cock here, too. All right. All right. All right. Next up, 
the Battle of the Barrel, I think is what they call this. Did I, do I don't that? remember. That's stupid. Anyway, go ahead. There's a name for it. There's a name for it. But the Stoops-led Kentucky Cats are coming into Knoxville where the Pruitt-led Vol is a six-point fave. Gregory, who do you hate? I am hating on a cat, pal. Uh, I, as much as I hate to say it, uh, I'm a true believer in the Vol right now. I know... They got run out of the, in the second half against Georgia last week. Um, and Georgia finally showed who they are. But as far as middling SEC teams go, Tennessee is the best of that lot, in my opinion. And it's it's in Nayland. I know there's nobody there. But nevertheless, I am going to hate on a cat here. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It seems like here's a take, and we can get to this in a second if we need to. It seems like Jarek Garantano has become what people at A&M always thought Kellen Mond would be. I don't think Mond ever learned or improved in the eight years he started at Texas A&M. But Garantano Garantano has... His name is Guantanamo. Let's just call it what it is. Right. I was trying to resist. Uh, He has gotten better every year. That kid continues to just get clobbered by every defense he plays. And he gets back up and he keeps slinging passes and... I think he's finally got a little bit better support and Pruitt's getting the coaching staff in order. I think they win this game pretty easily. I'm going to hate a cat here too. Fair enough. Who's next? Next up, Lane Kiffin's Rebels are two-point faves headed into Fayette Trill. Gregory, I want your takes here. Who do you hate? This is the intriguing matchup of the week. Um, of the week. Right? I don't know. Should we make that a bit? Probably not. Uh, we're horrible no. bits. And we'll forget about it. But I think they're they're two-point favorites because of last week. Arkansas is well coached. I have I, I would, they plucked some unknown Georgia offensive line coach out of nowhere, and suddenly they are playing well. They played a hell of a first half against Georgia. They got part of my French fucked last week against Auburn. Um and so I think Arkansas is not the worst team in the conference anymore. That that uh, that honor belongs to Mississippi State. Um, because if you paid attention last week, Auburn and Georgia, Auburn and Arkansas, you know, Auburn was trying to score. Their quarterback spiked the ball, but what he really did was throw a backwards pass. And mm-hmm. the officials ruled for Auburn and said, that it was that it was an actual valid pass. They kicked the field ball, won the game. They again, the word is fucked. Um, that should have been Arkansas's football, and um, every referee that has spoken on the subject agreed. So once again, Auburn Jesus prevailed, uh, but Arkansas should have beaten Auburn. So that to me tells me they're they were as good as Georgia for a half. They were better than Auburn. I think that probably makes them better than Ole Miss. I am going to go for a straight-up hog win here and hate on the Rebs. What about yourself? I, I realize that I've reached a certain level of fan, fandom, I guess, when I watched Auburn do what they did and deserve to lose that game. And as it was happening, knew that the refs were never going to make the right call, no. that Auburn would get the ball back oh, God, and kick no. that field goal. No, we're never going to no. happen. No, I mean, as it was unfolding, I just thought, oh, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Was, you could see the hand of Auburn Jesus come down. Uh, 
and and hand those referees sacks oh money am i right all right anyway <laughs> i i think i'm gonna take a different line with you here and it is not because i'm disrespecting the hog in fact i am impressed with the hogs but i think the Ole miss offense feels great about themselves i and, and for all reasons, I guess they can. Uh, they they had a great week last week. I think they're going to come out really confident, firing again. The defense is horrible, but I think they'll stop Arkansas a couple of times. I think Alabama punted once, and if they can get Alabama to punt once, they might get Arkansas to punt three or four times, and that's really all their offense needs. I think Ole Miss is going to outscore them here. I'm going to hate a hog. All right. Uh, next up, uh, the weirdos rain M. Travel to the awful people at Moo. Um, A&M is a six and a half point favorite. And A&M, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just laughing at Mike Leach. He went to Kentucky and lost 28 to two. Two. Two points. Two football mm-hmm. points. Uh, what's your take, brother? Who do you hate? Uh, yeah. I, after the week one episode where I came out and said that, well, I guess the week two episode said that Mississippi State was a real contender <laughs> I don't feel great about that. Uh, I just, I think they are who I did not think they were. I don't think Texas A&M is great, but, you know, they're good enough to beat this Moo team who apparently does not have it together. And what does that say about LSU, by the way? Right. Uh, answer me that, but before you do, I'll say Hayton the Moo. Yeah, Fair. I don't know what that says about LSU. They're trash. Everybody's trash. That's every single team is trash. But have we said that? And then obviously, what's going to happen is Moo is going to come out and be at home and be fantastic. Absolutely. Um, nevertheless. So next up, uh, wait, well, hold on. LSU of Florida. That's a scratch. Vanny at Missouri. Scratch. That's a scratch. Well. Scratch. Okay. So we got nothing to talk about except us. Let's move on to that. Well. 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 Pit. Late minute addition to the slate here. What's happening? With yeah, with our apologies to listener slash producer Ian, we left off a a Pitt rivalry game. In fact, last week against Boston College, in which Pitt lost in heartbreaking fashion, I believe in overtime, and Great. added. Here's a step for you. They added to their count of nation's leading thirty two close losses in the last decade. They lead the nation in in losing games by a touchdown or less. Does that describe Petty's life in a, in a nutshell or not? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> the mere fact that he's agreed to, to produce this god-awful podcast. Uh, well, it's a close it's loss. Like he has nothing else going on for himself. It's a close loss in its own right. We love you, Ian. Uh, our, our pants. Stop! I can't. I know. I can't stop. I like know. Like the heroin. I love it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. They are headed to Miami. I don't know the weather report there. There's probably more hurricanes on the horizon, if I were guessing. Uh, but Miami, 13 and a half point fave here, Gregory. Who do you hate? I would bet my home on Miami. Um, oh. Yeah, I hate it for you, Petty. But uh, Miami's going to cover that. Uh, they you know. That line is deflated because they got their ass handed to them by Clemson. But Miami's not a horrible team. And from what I've seen from Pitt, we had high hopes, mind you. High hope for the Pitt Panthers. Uh, unfortunately, those high hopes have been dashed by a series of uh, train wrecks. So in this situation, 
uh, I firmly believe the Miami Hurricane is going to cover the 13 and a half. If it was 21 and a half, I would still take the Miami Hurricane. What about yourself? Now, I'm I'm tempted to agree with you, but instead I'm just going to watch the Netflix version of Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, God. By the way, don't watch that, people. Don't watch that. Please. The book is awful. The movie is... I, li- I like Amy Adams, but the, the movie is... Uh, Doomed to be just as horrible as well. Do not think that's a good movie. Uh, just it's listen to this podcast. And, right. Its own say, if you're listening to this podcast, you very well might think Hillbilly Elegy is a good book because you have horrible taste in everything. Moving on to our tide, the, Bull, the Bulldogs traveled to Alabama. The line we think is Alabama's favor by six. I think I've seen been, it down at four. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think it has been bet down to four. Um, and because it was no, there was no reason for it to move. Nothing has changed other than the better action. So it's been bet down to four. Uh, tell me, brother, who do you hate? Gregory, mm, I don't have a good feeling here, I have to say. I think this is a game where we needed Nick at his best on the sideline. You know, Scott Cochran, they're going to a funeral, is a motivational master. Uh, not so much a special teams coach, but that's no. here and, and he'll, and he'll, he'll break uh, you, but nevertheless. That's right. That's right. But he will have his team highly motivated uh, when they take the field Saturday. And I just worry that without Nick on the sideline lighting maybe literal fires under our defense, I don't know that we're going to stop anything. I sure hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a low scoring slugfest and our offense uh can simply put up more points than our defense will allow, but I don't see that football coming back this year. Oh, Gregory, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think I think the Tide may see their season fundamentally changed, I guess, Saturday. I'm going to hate a Tide and call it Georgia 40, Tide 37. All right. I think we're able to score, but not at will. Uh, I think we, you know, with with the playmakers we have. By the way, Najee Harris, we have not talked about. He ran for 242 yards and scored five touchdowns. Uh, so so we were remiss in not pointing that out, which was stupid. That's true. And I, I mean, I was so happy about it, I had to take my pants off. Right, and for all to see. But I think we're able to score, but not at will. They're going to be able to score but they're going to have a more difficult time than Ole Miss did. I think your tide pulls away late. Final score, Alabama 38, University of Georgia 31 football points. And that'll do it for this year's fourth edition of the Houndstooth Heroes podcast. As always, we will try to do better next week. Thank you to Bowen Elliott and all the good people at Druid City Brewing Company for keeping us in the tastiest of suds. When we're in Tuscaloosa, you should absolutely do the same. Take us home, my man. Yep, Gregory. Be good. Love you. Love you. Roll Tide.
thing is to turn it off. Was this even was this even recording? I hope so.